Hello and welcome to the CND podcast. I'm the future editor, Thomas Cox. A few pharmacies began delivering COVID vaccines in January, but the process of getting more stores involved in the program has been slow. Matt Mitchell, the owner of JWW Allison and Sons Pharmacy in Pockermouth, Cumbria, was among the first pharmacies to apply to the program back in December last year. He has glowing vaccination credentials and delivered the most flu jabs in England in the 2017-18 season. In addition, he has the capacity to administer several thousand COVID vaccines a week in a local hotel, far more than the initial requirement of 1,000 a week. Why has his team not yet started administering the vaccines? I spoke to Nat this week to find out more. So Nat, great to have you uh, here on the CND podcast. You tried to offer COVID vaccines by applying to the programme when they first became available. Um, what happened when you, when you first applied to the programme? Well, um, when we first applied, I think it was actually in December, we were one of the first, well, actually the first in Cumbria to apply. And at that time, only the Pfizer vaccine had been approved. So we, we put our application and completed the designation process. And we we found out at the time that our local PCN were very keen to provide the vaccine also. So we thought as as a pharmacy, it'd be better to stand down our application at that time rather than get into a sort of competitive situation. And also if both got approved, which I don't know if that was likely, it could have caused confusion to patients and also increase the chances of kind of vaccine wastage if patients were going between different different sites. So we decided to stand down at that time and, and but made it clear that, you know, we would be in, in putting our hat in the ring, you know, in the, the near future. So we actually got approval, official approval in mid-March that we would be starting kind of imminently. And our start date was put down as the, the 22nd of March. Unfortunately, that kind of corresponded with the the, the worldwide or nationwide um, drop in vaccine supply. So we kind of went live at a time where there was no vaccine, which has, has led to us kind of being paused up until this point. And hopefully we will we'll actually go live at the end of this month. Yeah, so it's, it's been a terrifically long process four months now since you since you first made the application. How have you dealt with the uh, the lengthy time that, you, that you've had to spend applying for it? I mean, it's been been very frustrating. I mean, I'm, I'm a busy person anyway. We're a, very, we're a busy pharmacy, so we've, we've got plenty of things to do. It's just that we've fully hoped and exp- partly expected to be running a COVID clinic, and we've actually got a premises three doors from our pharmacy, which we ran our flu clinic from last year, that's been set up for months, ready to run this service. So it's been, you know, it's been very frustrating, and we've, we've kept in contact with NHS England, making them aware, you know, kind of of our capabilities as such. And, you know, they've been very receptive of our capabilities, but it just, for one reason or another, hasn't happened up to now, including the fact that we, we did actually have a kind of panel review with NHS England and um, the GPHC to kind of iron out any issues they may have potentially had with the service, which we kind of passed with flying colours. So, you know, we've, we've, we've ticked every box. We're just waiting for vaccine to come now so we can get started. What was the main cause of the hold-up from from Singh's perspective? Because a lot, a lot of pharmacies have managed to to, to get on board. Um, I think I think it's around about three hundred and twenty-five pharmacy-led at the last count. Um, and you said that you you passed with flying colours. Why was NHS England hesitant to go ahead with Allison's pharmacy as, as a hub? Well, I think it was it was from their point of view. They said it was about geography and whether they deemed there to be a gap in provision in the area. I mean, we we do have a a large PCN hub who've delivered a lot of vaccines, and technically maybe they could have coped doing everybody's, but you know 
my from my point of view that's at what cost you know they're, they're a gp surgery and they also have other things that they need to do and we wanted to complement their service and you know we kind of moved to a separate premises so that we didn't kind of make any negative effects on our pharmacy service so I can't see that there would have been any kind of loss, but it was definitely down to geography. And as you may well know, that we're one of the busiest pharmacies for flu jabs in the country. So, you know, we would have fully expected to be one of those 325 pharmacies that would have been accepted because we've got experience of vaccinating in, in large numbers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but but you hold the title for delivering the most vaccine, flu vaccines out of any pharmacy in the, the country. Is that right? That might have changed this year because I know a lot of pharmacies have increased their numbers and and kind of come up with new ways to provide the vaccine service. So we might not have done the most this season, but we've done over three three and a half thousand NHS jabs and and over a thousand private jabs. So we you know we've delivered every year more than the year before, even though our numbers are are big. So I can't imagine that there are um, over three hundred pharmacies that have done more than that. But I know that's not the only criteria that that pharmacies are being judged against. Very impressive fig- figures there, which Chef de- definitely should prove your your worth to NHS England. Yeah, it, se- it seems crazy that they wouldn't commission more pharmacies um, as as much as, as much as possible, even if there there is another site relatively nearby, because the the greater number of sites there are, the the gre- greater ease of access to these vaccines, the less chance of healthcare inequality, the the greater chance that individuals from ethnic minority backgrounds will, will get get the vaccines and they'll be able to access them in a much more personable venue, a, a site organised by Allison's Pharmacy, because I imagine you, you know many of, of the patients uh, directly. What do you think is, would be the main benefits of pharmacy patients over one of the larger vaccine sites of getting the, getting the vaccine with your pharmacy? Well, yeah, I mean, I reiterate, I don't see it as an either or, we see it as complementing. But, you know, we have those relationships with our patients, you know, we see our patients every month and and in between. And, you know, they trust us, you know, and they, I've had patients, even though we weren't running a clinic, I have advocated for the vaccine with many patients, you know, and patients come to me, even though they know that we're not offering the service for advice on the vaccine. And a lot of patients, once they say, you know, have you had the vaccine? And I say, yes. That's all they want to know because we've got that trust, you know, and if if a patient can trust you to handle their medication, then they can trust you to handle their vaccination. So and as we move forward, the way I see it is, you know, the patients up to now have all wanted the vaccine that have had it. You know, it's it, you don't have to create the demand. But as we move through the cohorts, I think ease of access and the time and willingness to have these difficult conversations with patients who might not be jumping over themselves or, you know, to get the vaccine will will prove you know that will bear fruit sorry and you know and will in- increase the activity with regard to vaccine we're, we're moving into cohorts where getting a vaccine actually isn't as big a deal as say for example someone in their 80s where covid stands a good chance of hospitalizing or killing them we've got patients now who are deciding well actually what are the risks to benefits for me and pharmacies can have those conversations with patients and they they trust what we say i mean we in in polls we're seen to be one of the most trusted professions and i think that that should count for something going forward it sounds like your your community have been very very receptive to your your site um to your pharmacy pharmacy led site would you mind just talk, talking a bit about it it's, it's in a hotel i understand manned by volunteers Yes. So, you know, I have a, a friend who actually who, who owns this, this hotel, which actually isn't being used at all at the moment. And 
it was great enough to let me use it for my flu service. So we kind of had a bit of a dry run and we've we've modified it for the for the COVID service. I've got six nurses, podiatrist, dental technician and a, a couple of pharmacists who are part of the vaccination team where we plan to run five vaccination pods every day that we're needed, which would mean we could vaccinate like at a rate of 60 vaccinations per hour. So obviously that would go that would count for a lot of vaccines. And we've actually also got over 100 volunteers who've offered to help us with things like marshalling, entry and exit points, reception, admin, and also greeting and observing patients after vaccination. And we've had, you know, offers from patients with amazing experience and amazing quality, you know. So we've we've got a workforce there ready to, ready to help us. And one of the things we have in our community is we're a very close community and we've had the unfortunate events of two floods in the last 10 or so years where... The, our patients have seen the importance of the pharmacy and they've, they've, they've seen what we've done and to be there for them and the efforts that we've gone to. So I feel that a lot of patients actually want to give back and want to want to help us to provide any service that we want, you know. So, you know, the support is there. And I feel that, you know, when we get up and running, we'll be able to showcase our, our ability and, and also showcase the satisfaction levels that patients will have with our service. Yeah, it's really, really heartwarming. Some of the uh, the best responses to come out of the pandemic the way that communities have been drawn drawn together to try try and help one, one another and, and support whether it, whether it's food banks or, or covid vaccines or helping homeless people while it's um it's brilliant that the volunteers have, have come together it, it, it has to be a financially viable service um is it cost effective to your to your pharmacy to, to run, run this service and is it is it affordable will, will you be able to break even or make money out of it do you think my first decision to go for this service wasn't wasn't about money but you obviously you can't be silly and you've got to make sure that that the service stands up financially and the way that i look at it is even with five vaccinators if we get the volume of vaccine that we can do it more than stacks up financially you know don't get me wrong you know none of us are going to retire on this but it i don't see any reason why this would result in us making a loss even with using alternative premises so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, you know, that, that there is some income to be had from this and I don't believe that we should be continuing to do things for nothing and, you know, that hopefully that the service will be valued and obviously this, this vaccination service will, will be valued more than, more than anything that we've done for a long time, I imagine. So, no, I, I don't have any kind of qualms about what we paid for this vaccine and I, I feel that it does stack up financially. That's really good to hear and hopefully mean that it's the kind of service that will be um, available Long, longer term, um, either with, with coronavirus or uh, or future future vaccines, do you see this as a, a precedent to a more vaccination oriented uh, future for for pharmacy? I would hope so. I mean, I I believe in vaccination, I and mean, we have we have a travel clinic which obviously has been quite quiet for the last year. But you know, vaccination is a big part of our of our service, and it's it's been a real help actually with things like funding cuts financially. I mean, the flu service—if we took that income away from us, it would be disastrous. So you know, we we believe in vaccinations and feel that we're positioned. And the fact that we don't force patients to come to us—you know—we're seeing these thousands of people coming through our doors for a vaccination because we are convenient, because we are trusted, and because we have those relationships with our patients. So. I don't see why, you know, as things like social distancing isn't as much of an issue, that more pharmacies, because obviously premises do kind of limit who can who can do this this service. 
I don't see why this doesn't become one of our regular vaccines. And if it does come to pass that this vaccine can be administered at the same time as a flu jab, I think it would sit perfectly with what we're doing. And the, the improvement in the pharmacy suit flu service over the last few years has been astounding, really. I think, you know, I'm, I'm impressed every year by how people are lifting themselves up and, you know, and actually thinking outside the box of how they can vaccinate more patients. And ultimately that leads to, to, to more protection. One of the, the main issues that's been uh, bothering the, the vaccine service is the question of whether, whether it's safe. There's been a lot of concerns about uh, blood clots with the, the AstraZeneca vaccine, um, which I should say have affected a, a extreme minority of, of patients and million, millions of people who can receive the vaccinations with, without a, a single um, uh, serious side effect. How do you respond to concerned patients who are worried about the possible side effects of vaccines that they're receiving? Well, I mean, as as pharmacists, we're used to risk and we're used to kind of adverse effects with medication and, and trying to put them into some co some sort of context. You know, I've, I've had lots of conversations with patients and obviously patients are starting to say things now like they would prefer to have a different vaccine, for example. But, you know, no medication is without risk. And the benefit of this vaccine is, is, is so great that, you know, really, I don't think it's a hard sell. At the end of the day, we can't make somebody have a vaccine they don't want. But obviously, it's well known medications like, like the combined pill have a greater risk of blood clots than this medication. And we, our shelves are full of those. So, you know, as I say, we can't put people's arms behind their backs. But what we can do is try to allay some of those fears and put them into perspective. And for example, my whole team has been vaccinated and had both of their doses. And sometimes you can't say fairer than that. And if you would vaccinate yourself, then, you know, you can say to other people, well, I've had it, and hopefully that will breed confidence in the patients. You've, uh, you've definitely bred confidence in me. I feel like I'd uh, def definitely get a vaccine from you. Do you know which brand you'll be receiving to administer to patients in the near future? Well, like, like all, ph all pharmacy sites or pharmacy-led sites, we had to sign up to say that we were willing to offer any vaccine that was, that was given to us. But every pharmacy up until now has been given AstraZeneca vaccine, which obviously is the vaccine that's, that's caused the most controversy. We actually have I've had kind of communications from NHS England in the last week or so asking us whether we had the capability to offer the Moderna vaccine if that was available, which our site, we have a large site where we've got areas where people can wait for 15 minutes. So our site would lend itself to that sort of vaccine. So at present, we expect fully expect to get the AstraZeneca vaccine, but we have made it known that that we would administer the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine if that was what was wanted. So, you know, we, we, we're fully expecting AstraZeneca in a nutshell, but as I say, we, we've, left, we've left it open that we would accept what is given to us because at the end of the day, we will do whatever we can to get people this vaccine. That was Nat Mitchell, the owner of JWW Allison & Sons Pharmacy in Cumbria, which hopes to begin administering its first COVID vaccines later this month. You can find more updates on pharmacy's role in the vaccines on the CND website. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in your preferred app or on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.